Here are some words of wisdom from Mr. Know-It-All. This is supposed to be a happy occasion. All I need some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we mark the beginning of Season 5. Now over the years we've been doing this, we've talked about a lot of different things. I've told lots of stories from my childhood. I've talked about my work experiences, my life experiences, things that I went through growing up. I've shared music selections, countless movie and TV tropes. We've talked about a lot of stuff. But one of the things we haven't talked about is the job that I just retired from. I've never really talked about my job, either here in the podcast or on my Twitch stream. I've alluded to it, but I've never talked about it. And there's a reason for that. There's actually a couple of reasons for that. And I'm going to explain them today. And I feel comfortable explaining them today because I'm retired. I took early retirement. That was a decision probably a year plus in the making. I sat down with Mrs. GamerDude and we did some financial number crunching. We had to figure out basically whether we could afford to have me stop working. And we had to factor in the fact that I was stopping working several years sooner than I anticipated doing so. But I was fortunate and blessed enough to work for a company that actually provided a pension, not a big one, but enough of a one to make it financially possible with some significant adjustments in lifestyle to actually stop working. And yes, by stopping working earlier than I anticipated, I'm taking a big hit. But, as I'll explain as we go along today, it's a hit that I felt that I had to take for my own personal health and well-being. So we're going to talk about why I retired and what I retired from, which will open up a whole bunch of new episodes for Season 5. So here we go. I've always been reluctant to talk about what I do for a living, primarily for professional reasons. It's not that I don't trust you. I trust you. But one thing I've learned in the real world, in the corporate world, in the professional world, is that whatever environment you're in, whatever workplace you're in, no matter what you do, there's an element of high school in it. There's the class clown. There's the class jock. There's the class bully. Those stereotypical classes that you see in every high school movie, from 16 Candles to Fast Times at Ridgemont High to any other high school movie you can think of, that class structure is always there. I mean, you don't have too many jocks running around at the used car dealership, for instance, but you know that guy. That guy exists in the used car dealership, in retail, in the corporate world. You can find him selling insurance or selling real estate. There's always that guy. And there's the jerky guy and the nerdy guy and the funny guy. They're always there. Now, they're more marginalized when you're in the real world. You don't have to deal with them quite the same way you did in high school, but you can identify them. And the last thing you want to do is give them fodder. You don't want to feed the trolls, as they say. So I always made it a point throughout my entire professional career to keep my personal life separate from my professional life because the jerks get a hold of your personal life. And while I don't care what people think, while I don't care what people say, some people try to make a deal out of things that are not the norm for what they perceive the profession to be. Whether you're in insurance or selling cars or working retail, Everybody in that field has a norm. And if you deviate from the norm, people try to make you feel bad for it. And if they can't make you feel bad for it, they at least try to make you look bad for it. And that's true no matter what you do. And longtime listeners know I've done a lot of things in my life. And this pattern holds no matter what profession you're in, no matter what job you've done, 
There are the people out there who, if they can't make you feel bad for what you do, for what you like to do, for what your hobbies are that are not the norm, they'll do their level best to make you look bad to everybody else. Now, in some fields, that doesn't matter. You know, it's not that big a deal if you work in retail and you play D&D with a gang on the weekends. But here's the dilemma that I've been up against for literally years. As you know, I'm a gamer. I'm also a podcaster. But my job job involved being a lawyer. Yes, it's true. It may be hard to believe, but I've been a practicing lawyer for many, many, many years. Far more than I ever thought I would be. And one of the things I learned as a practicing lawyer is you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism. You have to have a certain reputation. You have to carry yourself a certain way when you're talking to clients, when you're talking to adversaries, when you're talking to judges, which I did regularly. And don't worry, we'll get into the details. I'll at least touch the surface today, but we'll get back to that. Now, as you might expect, Twitch streaming and podcasting not high on the list of activities that lawyers are known for. I know, I was surprised too. But the thing is, I never cared. I didn't care about it because I like what I like. I like gaming. I like talking. I like podcasting. I like screwing around with my friends. I like playing board games. I like all that. I don't like golfing. I've tried it. It's a great way to spoil a nice walk out in the woods. I don't like hunting. I don't like fishing. I don't like cocktail parties. I don't like rubbing elbows with politicians. I don't like schmoozing with people. That's not me. I've never liked it. And how I got so far as I did without doing any of that stuff, I still don't know, but I've managed to do it. But one of the things my dad taught me is you keep your personal life personal and you keep your work life separate. And so I made a career of that. No matter what job I did before I became a lawyer, I did that anyway. But after I became a lawyer, I made sure to do that. Because one of the things that I discovered about being a lawyer is... I don't particularly like lawyers all that much. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's a few. I have some very, very good friends who are lawyers who I really, really like. But that's the exception, not the rule. And that's why I've kept my personal life personal, because I like my personal life friends a whole lot more than the people I used to have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. My online friends, my podcast friends, my Twitch friends, they're more real. They're more honest. They're more friendly. They're nicer people. And so I prefer to hang out online with people that I really relate to, that I have common interests with, that I have things to talk about to. That's what made it so easy to keep my personal life personal and my professional life separate. I liked it that way. And for that reason, I've never actively told anyone in the legal profession what I do in my personal life. I've never talked about the podcast. I've never talked about the Twitch stream. And that goes back to what I was saying just a few minutes ago. That goes back to the fact that there are people who will try to bring you down. People who will try to make you look bad. People who will try to undermine you as a means to get themselves ahead. Rather than just let you live your life, especially in the law, which can be very cutthroat, they will do anything they can to make you look bad to other people. Most importantly, bosses, clients, and judges. And so for that reason, I've always kept my personal stuff out of my professional life. Self-preservation. And the way my mind works, I kept that stuff out of my Twitch stream and my podcast. Because I really didn't want the two to intermingle. I wanted to keep them separate. It was just easier for me to compartmentalize what I did for a living and what I do for fun, for my real-life activities. But now, as I mentioned in the Twitch stream, and I think this is the first time that I'm really saying it in the podcast, now I've decided to retire. I took early retirement from the job. I needed to. And I informed the state that I am no longer an active attorney, and I have to file a certification of retirement with the state. 
But my intention at this point is just not to practice law anymore. And here's why. It's a really demanding job. Over the past few years, it's been physically taxing and physically tolling. It's also been mentally taxing and mentally tolling. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the specifics, because I had a really good job and I had a really good company that I worked for, and I was really, really happy there. But as the years have gone on, I've changed, I've gotten older, the company's changed, the company's gotten different. And then on top of that, the COVID pandemic, that has affected the way we do things, how we do things, where we do things. So factoring all of those things in, I decided it was time. From a physical standpoint, and again, I don't want to bore you with all of the details of what's going on internally with me. Let's just say I have some issues. And let's just say that I have some issues that manifest themselves at work. I mean, it's nothing major, major, but it's a concerning thing. And it only manifested itself at work. And it's not something that you want to have manifest at all. So there was that. Then there's the mental. To do the law. To be a lawyer. To do the attorney thing. You have to be on top of your game with every case that you're handling. With every file that you're handling. And without trying to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, although I am, I was really, really good at that. But I also discovered after years and years of doing that, you get tired, man. You get tired. You slow down a little. You need more breaks. You need to clear your head more. You need to step away. Because you have to be able to focus. You have to be able to think. You have to be able to reason. You have to be able to analyze. You have to be able to break a case down. You have to be able to review hundreds of pages of documents, whether they're medical records or deposition transcripts or whatever. You've got to be able to read them, analyze them, break them down, and figure out what to do next. And yes, you can be really, really good at it. And yes, you can be really, really effective at it. And yes, you can spot issues that other people can't spot. And yes, you can understand nuances of the law that nobody else understands. But doing that day after day after day, month after month, year after year, you get tired. Your mind just gets tired. And the way my job has worked over the past few years, there's a lot of volume. And by that, I mean I had a lot of cases. And I'm not just talking dozens of cases. I'm literally talking hundreds of cases that I was responsible for. Now, the way the system worked for me, you didn't have to handle 100 cases a day. But you were responsible for what was going on in hundreds of cases every week. Now, in dozens and dozens of those, nothing might happen. But you had no way to know which cases might have something happen at any given time. And so you had to be ready to respond. So you might be working on file A, B, and C, and something happens in file D, and you got to drop everything in A, B, and C, hop over to D, handle the emergency, remember where you were in A, B, and C, and oh, by the way, something happens in file F, E and G while you're working on file D. So you've got things going on with A, B, and C, new stuff coming in on E, F, and G while you're working on D. And that's just seven cases. Imagine that times several hundred. That's the kind of stuff that I've been dealing with literally for years. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I'm explaining because quite honestly, I was very good at doing that. Again, not trying to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but I got really good at doing that. But what I didn't realize is how draining it was. What I didn't realize was how tiring it was. What I didn't realize is how much it sucks the life out of you, man. It really does. Because you're focused on this stuff day in and day out. And me being the way I am, I had to do everything 100% perfectly. Or at least as perfectly as I could do it. 
Because between the time involved to do things as perfectly as you can do it and the volume of cases that I was handling, there was no way to do everything 100% perfectly. And that too is an adjustment that I had to make over the years. I'm not used to not doing things 100% perfectly. But because of the nature of what I was doing, I learned to accept to get things done as perfectly as I could under the circumstances. And let me tell you, the inability to do things the way you want to do them, to get them done as best as you can get them done, that takes a toll on you too. And I never realized that until I stopped to think about it. You don't realize how draining it is to work as hard as you possibly can on something and know that you just don't have enough time to get it done even better than you did it. I hope that makes sense. I mean, I did everything really, really, really well. But there was a lot of times that I felt, oh, if I just had another hour, I could buff that up, shine it up, make it even better. I guess that's partly because I have such a high standard for myself. I know there's a lot of people who just get through the day and go, "Mm, yeah, okay, I got these done. Whatever. It's done. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't just look at something and go, okay, yep, I looked at it. Consider it done. If I look at something, and let's say it's a letter that comes in on a case. If I look at it, well, I got to know what the case is about. I got to know what the backstory is. What's the issue? Why did this letter come in? What's been going on with this thing for the past several months? I had to know that stuff. And learning that stuff takes time. Because, as I said, when you're juggling several hundred files, I know it may sound surprising, but you can't keep them all straight in your head all at the same time. So what happened is, I got to a point about a year ago, and I sat down with Mrs. Gamer Dude and I said, look, I'm not planning on pulling the plug right now, but I'm not sure how much longer I can hold up. And thank God she's the way she is. She said, yeah, I understand. And she said, I can see you're different now than you were several years ago. She could see me slowing down because I was tired. She could see me not quite being as cheerful as I used to be because I was stressed. And she was keeping track of the times where I would have some issues at work, physical issues, which I'm sure were manifestations of the stress. But she was keeping track of that stuff. So she knew and she understood. So about a year ago, I said, if it works out financially that I can pull the plug in the next year or two, rather than wait for five or 10 more years, then I'm going to do it. And thank God she is the way she is. She said, yeah, you should. We'll make it work. And that's the kind of support that you live for, that you long for. That's the kind of support that everybody should have. Because she had my back from the minute I started talking about it. There wasn't a question, wasn't an issue. She said, if you need to do it, then that's what we'll do. And so what I did is I told my boss at the beginning of 2021, a year ago, I said, look, I'm contemplating pulling the plug. I got to be honest with you. And again, not sounding like I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but I do know that I was a valued employee. Yeah, I was not the perfect employee. I know that. But I also know that I did a bang up job and I know that they relied on me. So I didn't want to leave them stranded. So at the beginning of 2021, I said, I've got one, maybe two more years left in me. And I just want to give you a heads up. And I said, I'll let you know at the end of six months whether I can make it to the end of the year or past that or whatever. And she was fine with that. And she appreciated the fact that I'd given her that much notice. And as 2021 rolled on, and as I went through the days, and as I was doing my job, it didn't get easier. In fact, it got harder and harder every single day. And so in July of last year, I told my boss, the end of the year, that's all I got left. And she was sad, but understood. And I appreciate that too. That's the kind of support you need as well. She didn't try to guilt me into staying. She didn't try to squeeze any blood out of a stone, which was nice. She supported my decision and helped me transition out. I worked hard right up to the last day, 
because that's what I do. A lot of guys, when they retire, they just mail it in for the last six months. That's not me. I couldn't do that. With hundreds of files that I was handling, I had hundreds of loose ends, and I spent six months trying to tie them all up. I had several cases that I'd been handling that were in various stages of litigation. I literally took testimony on a case two days before I retired. Spent the afternoon in virtual court taking testimony on a case I'd been working on literally for years. And even that didn't conclude it, but I wanted to get that done. Now, most guys would just punt that. That's not me. I can't do that. And I also made it a point to have one of the younger attorneys at the company sit in on the virtual testimony so that she could see how these trials worked. Because one of the things that I also did at my job, I trained new attorneys into the ways of the law and the ways of the company. Yes, call me Yoda. I taught the young Padawans the ways of the force. That's what I did. But that's what you do. You pass on what you know. That's one of the things that I loved about my job, being able to pass on my knowledge so that other people could do what I do. One of the things that I liked the most about the job that I had and the company that I worked for, I can best describe with an analogy. And I've actually used this analogy in court with judges and with other attorneys. I equated my job to Star Trek, the original series. As an attorney for my company, I was kind of like a starship captain. I was like Captain Kirk. I was in charge of my own starship, and my job was to go from place to place and do my starship thing. I had to report into the Federation, which is the company, of course. But I had a lot of freedom to go do what I needed to do, to go do the lawyer thing in the various courts that I had to appear in. I was on the road basically five days a week, rarely, if ever, in the office, except when I absolutely had to be, which thankfully wasn't often. It was a perfect setup. It really was. I really loved the freedom. I loved the opportunity to do the lawyering thing. I loved the freedom to represent the clients that we had. I loved the opportunity to go out there and be a lawyer on my own and just report back my results. It was awesome. The pandemic actually changed that all. Everything that I used to do, the driving to the various courts, the conferencing with judges, the meeting with adversaries, the going out and meeting with clients, all of that was taken away in 2020. Everything after that had to be virtual. There was good and bad with that. The good was you were saving a lot of gas money. You weren't putting miles on your car. You didn't have any long commutes. And most importantly, in the COVID time, you weren't exposed to all the germs that people were bringing into court from wherever. And as I've discovered over the past couple of years, people can't be trusted. You don't know who's been vaccinated, who's not, who's been where, who's not, who's stifling a sneeze, who's got allergies, who's got a cold, who's got COVID. You don't know. And when you're in an enclosed courthouse for large portions of your morning and your afternoon, you never know what you're going to get exposed to. So it was good that we weren't exposed to that for the past basically two years. But the downside to what COVID brought is that there was no more social interaction on a personal basis. There was no downtime in the car. After a long day in court, you could actually use that half hour to an hour commute to decompress or to analyze what you'd just done or go over in your head what you still had to do. There was no break once COVID hit. You sat down and you worked and you answered emails, you answered phone calls, you reviewed files, you answered more emails, you answered more phone calls, you reviewed more files, you were talking to judges, you were talking to adversaries. There was no break. It was constant. So using the Star Trek analogy, it was like your ship was in dry dock, you were stuck at Starbase 9, and there was no way to get away from it. And on top of that, you were surrounded with tribbles, and you couldn't get away from them either. So combining all of those things... And coupled with all the stress that I was talking about a few minutes ago, and all of the other factors I've just discussed, that led me to pull the plug. 
And so now, I'm a retired attorney. Now, as usual, I wound up talking more about that than I intended, and I didn't get to any of the other stuff I was going to talk about today. But now we have fodder for future episodes, so we've got that to look forward to. Like I wanted to talk about my law school experience. How did I get there? Why did I get there? I still don't even know. No, I really do. We'll talk about that. And I've done a lot of different things under the law, and I've practiced in two states. I've passed two bar exams, two separate states. I've done criminal defense, family law. I was a prosecutor. I've done civil law. I've done workers' compensation law. I've done a little bit of everything. And as you might expect, there are stories to tell. Now, there are still things that I can't share. I can share things that are in the public record. And there are a lot of things that are in the public record that I can talk about. But you know, they have this pesky thing called attorney-client privilege. All the juicy stuff you can't talk about. I still can't talk about it. But that doesn't mean there's still not stories to tell. And so we'll tell those stories over the next few months. Now, I hope all of this doesn't change your opinion of me. Normally, when I find out somebody's a lawyer, I go, (laughs) oh, well, that's a guy to avoid. I've read the studies. Lawyers are less respected than car salesmen. My joke about that is I usually tell people that I play piano in a bar for a living because I get far more respect for that answer. Once people find out that I was an attorney, their opinion of me changes, and generally not favorably. So please, don't hold it against me. Attorney is what I did. The Twitch stream and the podcast, that's what I am. So I just wanted to make that clear. So how's that for a start for Season 5? That gives you something to think about, right? As you might expect, I was a bit of a non-conventional attorney. I mean, I was always a professional. I always wore a suit and tie. I always conducted myself with the utmost respect for my adversaries, for the judges that I appeared in front of, even the dopey ones, and there are some. But once the person gets on the bench, you respect the robe and you respect the system. And I learned that's how you always conduct yourself. And that's how I always did. But that didn't mean that I didn't work references to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre into cross-examination during a trial. And yes, I did do that. Oh yeah, it's true. A guy was testifying about having shoulder problems, but he also testified that he could use a chainsaw. So on cross-examination, I had to ask him about that. And as a reference point, I did refer to Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I honestly did. And yes, the judge did laugh. Hey, if you can't have fun doing this stuff, what's the point of doing it? That was always my philosophy. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of things. As always, I can't thank you enough for the time you spend here and all the time you take listening to these episodes. It means the world to me, and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.